0: Thank you for being here today. I know some of you. This is your very first time here. You're like, oh my goodness, what in the world? We got clappers, you know, we got craziness. You're parked out in the grass. You're trying to find a seat. Um, these are all great problems to have. And um, and so, thank you for being here. Some of you guys are here today to celebrate with us, and you've been gone for a little while, but you're back. That's amazing. What I want to do today is we have been in this series called Dream Napkin, and and we're continuing that. We're kind of closing that out, but it's going to be a little bit different today because. I just wanna share my heart, uh, celebrating what God has done these last 10, but then also kinda looking ahead and share a little bit about the dreams that God's put in my heart and our leader's heart uh, about the future, and so we're gonna do that. I told you a story last year about Sarah Blakely. If you're not familiar with that name, Sarah Blakely owns 100% of her company called Spanx, Uh, and so uh, I'm not gonna ask you who in here is a fan of Spanx, we know. We already know who you are. You're sucking in all the time, walking around. We know who you are. That's okay. Uh, I'm playing around with you. But but when I told you that story, and something that I didn't tell you was, uh, I was listening to this interview about how her business got started, and and she was frustrated because she had taken a year to secretly develop, uh, she didn't really know what to call it at the time. It was just full body undergarments, you know, and and so she didn't tell, even tell her mom and, and she was working on it. She got the prototype. She got some product and she had to go and convince store owners to uh, sell this product. And she said, you know, they just weren't getting it. Most of them were men. And it was, she was on the front end of this uh, new line that, that wasn't really getting. And so she was trying to explain to them uh, what it was. And she was very frustrated because every time she would try to explain it, she was getting a lot of rejections. And she said that every time she was getting a rejection, they were saying some form or phrase uh, like this. They would say to her, well, if this was a good idea, somebody would already be doing it. If this was a good idea, somebody would already be doing it. Which rings up a great question. Are there any good ideas left out there? Are there any God dreams out there that are unrealized or that would be new? Because I think we would all admit that when it comes to God's dreams for our lives, the the plans that we have, the dreams that we have, there is this sense that, um, well, let me say it this way. It's very easy to begin to doubt what it is that we're hoping God would do. Isn't it true that you don't really need anybody to tell you why your ideas won't work? Because you already know all the reasons. Like you, you're arguing with yourself. You're fighting with yourself as you're thinking about stepping out in faith and doing something for God. And so maybe you begin to think through, through and argue with yourself some of these ideas that you're psyching yourself out because you say, well, if it was a good idea, it would have already happened. If it was a good idea, it would have already happened. But it hasn't happened yet, so it must not have been God. It wasn't a good idea. Maybe if it was a good idea, somebody else would have already thought of it. Maybe you psych yourself out and you say, well, if, it was a, if it's a good idea, then it'll be easy. If God's as excited about it as I am, then he'll speed this thing up and he'll remove all the barriers. And so if, if this is God, then he's gonna make this easy. How many people know that's not, that's not true? But I think the biggest thing that we struggle with is this idea that we believe that it's a good idea. We believe that God has a good plan. We believe that God's dreams are good. We just don't believe that we're good enough for them. We don't believe that God would have something good in store for us because we know us. And so we believe that maybe we would be disqualified. And so we psych ourselves out and, and begin to come up with reasons why. And we begin to think like, am I crazy? Like, like I, I have these dreams in my heart, I have these ideas about future, but like maybe I'm crazy. And I, I just gotta be honest with you, like that definitely has been a lot of my story over the last 10 years. It's amazing. because. When you're the most sure of yourself, seems like when God uses you the least, and when you doubt yourself the most, seems to be when God uses you the most. And and so I know for me, even over these last ten years as pastor and and leading the church, just all these moments where we look around the room together as leaders, or we're sitting at breakfast together, and there's this feeling of like, are we crazy? Could, could this possibly work? Do we think this is God? Maybe we're crazy. But I know that so many of you who are here today would agree with me that there's something special about this place. It's not that it's better than other churches. We love what God is doing in churches all across this city, but there's something about this place. It's in the air, like you smell it, you breathe it. You know, you, 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 there's something about it. What is it? You know, I'll tell you what. It's not. It's not intelligence. I'm not saying the leaders are dumb, but. I am saying that there are smarter people out there. I could take you to churches with pastors and leaders and staff members and elders who are smarter but still doesn't have that intangible something. It's not hard work. It's not that our team doesn't work hard. They work very hard. They work too hard sometimes. It's like go home, right? But I could take you to places where people are working harder but still doesn't have that whatever that 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 feel that that sense that it's just something unique and something special, and so knowing that this day was coming, knowing that we were going to be celebrating together, i've just been thinking like, what is it that makes this place so special and i've got I wrote down five I'm sure there's probably more, and if you've got some that i don't mention, i'd love to hear those from you, but I think a couple of, of things that have, has allowed Hope City, and if this is your first time, just kinda bear with me. You're getting, this, you're, like you get to sit at the table for family dinner today, so just uh, hang with me a little bit. But I think one of the things that makes this place so special has been a stubborn commitment to create a place for people who don't know Jesus. That we have been stubbornly committed, sometimes to a fault, because we wanna create a place for people who don't know Jesus. It's okay to not be Okay. And we want this to be a place for people who are not okay while Jesus is working out the issues in their life, the issues in all of our life. We want this to be a place where you come in, you don't feel judged, you feel loved. We want this to be a place where you can experience God even if you don't know how to explain what it is that you're experiencing. We work hard to fight against making this a country club for Jesus. We wanna make sure that we stay a hospital. Everyone is welcome. And we believe that everybody can get something out of what God is doing here, but we wanna stay stubbornly committed to being a place where the people that you know and care about, who don't know Jesus, can come and, and God do something in their life. I think another thing that has made this place so special and makes this place so speci- special is just irrational generosity. I, mean, I could talk about this all day, just crazy generosity. Just giving and giving and giving and giving and giving at astronomical levels that really doesn't make sense. But just as God is changing you, you give God control of all areas of your life, including the financial area, and you're just giving so sacrificially. I would say another one is private spiritual disciplines. Some of you don't even know the spiritual things that are happening behind the scenes. And sometimes... You can come in here on a Sunday morning for an hour-long service, a couple of songs, and you can think, oh, well, maybe that wasn't very spiritual. I don't think you think that, but it could be easy to be mislabeled like that. But behind the scenes, I've never known a group of people to be praying and fasting and fighting spiritually. And the things and the results that we see on days like today is because people behind the scenes are praying and, and fighting that spiritual battle. I would say another one, this is the fourth one I thought of, is is a lightheartedness. I love that about Hope City. You know, we just don't take ourselves too seriously. And I like that. And I don't know what your church background is or your church history is, but sometimes, unfortunately, Christians and churches can take themselves a little bit too seriously. And and we we haven't done that around here. It's always been a goal of ours to create a place, a church where you leave with a smile on your face. That's a novel idea, isn't it? How crazy is it to think that you should leave church grouchy? How, how crazy is it to think that you should leave church mad, upset, in a bad mood? Now, some of y'all today getting off the grass with all the cars around, just going to be a little tight, but just bear with us. But we want, we want a smile to be on your face because the gospel literally means good news. What a, what a concept that you could meet Jesus and be happy about it and the good news could change your life. But the last thing, and this is really what I wanted to kind of focus on for our our time together today, has been a, a commitment and a willingness to experiment, that this church has always been willing to take a chance, to experiment, to do whatever it takes in order to try to reach somebody else, share a little more hope with a little more people. We'll knock down the wall if we need to. We'll put the wall back up. We'll paint it we'll change the name, we'll try a new location, we'll add a service, we'll take a service away, we'll try, we'll try a different night, like whatever it is. And I know for some of you in the room who are like planners and I love that about you, we need you planners, don't get me wrong, but like, that, that can be frustrating sometimes. But we, we're committed to saying like, let's try it. It may not work, but let's try it anyway. And I want to talk about that because yes, we're going to talk about the church, but I think that's true about your life as well. I was having breakfast recently with a friend of mine and just kind of sharing some ideas and some thoughts in my head and my heart. And he said back to me, and he meant it, it positively, but he was also kind of just, you know, trying to maybe reel me in just a little bit, you know. And, and he said, you know, Jason, uh, you're, you're a, you're a go-set-ready type of guy. You're not a ready-set-go. You're a go-set-ready And, you know, he he meant that cautiously, not being negative. But when I heard that, I thought, that's exactly what I am. It was a badge of honor for me. I love that. I'm thinking about getting my first tattoo, and I'm thinking about getting go set ready. Because, because, like, when he said that, I'd never thought about it like that. But I thought, you know what? That's exactly what it is. Go set ready. And I think in order to realize the dreams that God has for your life, we want to plan. Yeah, we want to plan. We want to pray. We want to try to be as ready as we can be, but if you've learned, if you've been around following Jesus long at all, you know that He never lets you get totally ready. That, that, that realizing the dreams that God has put in your heart is going to require you and us as a church to be ghost set ready not so much ready, set, go. We would love it if God would let us be ready, set, go. Wouldn't that be amazing? God says, listen, just wanna give you a heads up, in 12 months, I'm gonna change everything in your life, so go ahead and prepare, go ahead and get things together, make some plans, put some money away. All right, now, oh, four months from now, go ahead and get set, I don't want you to feel like I'm doing anything that's uncomfortable for you, just be set, okay, are you ready? I don't wanna move too fast, are you ready to go? That's not how God works, is it? God shows up, and, you're, and, and it disorients our life. And there is this sense to following Jesus that we will figure it out as we go. And isn't it amazing that as soon as you think you figured it out, God's like, curveball. <laughs> and you're like, well, I thought I had it figured out. I thought I had it figured out. But, but you just read the Bible page after page after page. He tells Joshua to go in and fight. He tells Moses to stand still. It's like, which is it? Both. He, 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 begins to, he, he begins to lay out for Gideon. He says, I want the army to be smaller, right? And then for other kings, he gives them a huge army. Well, which is it? Both, because as soon as you think you figured it out, God says, I'm gonna change it up. Because he asks us and puts us in positions to where we gotta be go sit ready. We gotta be go, set, ready. And so I wanna read a story to you from the Old Testament. During this series, we've been using the story of Joseph and that's been amazing. We kind of wrapped that up last week and so I'm gonna switch it up on you today a little bit. There's a book in the Old Testament called 1 Samuel and it's, it's a, the, the beginning of the book is about a, a guy named Saul who was the king and we hear about Saul in this story but this story is mainly about his son, Jonathan. To just give you a little context, Saul, who is the king of Israel, has taken his army to fight against the Philistines. They were like the arch rivals, and and the army that Saul had began to dwindle and dwindle and dwindle, and they didn't have enough people. The Bible says they were left with about 600 soldiers, and they were going up against the Philistines. This was the dream team. This was the warriors. They got KD. They got Steph. I mean, they got all. They got the all star lineup, and they're down to 600. And they says they don't have any weapons. They got no swords. So rightfully so, they're not really ready to go into battle. They don't got enough people, and they don't got the resources that they need. And so we pick up the story in 1 Samuel chapter 14, and this is what it says in verse one. It says, one day, Jonathan said to his armor bearer, come on, let's go. Everybody say go. He just says, let's go. Let's go. Let's go over to where the Philistines have their outpost.'" But Jonathan did not tell his father what he was doing. Now, this is not the point of today, and I ain't got time to go down this path the whole way, but I think it's interesting that Jonathan did not go tell his father what he was doing. Kids, are not recommending that, but I think it is interesting because you have to be careful who you share your ideas with because you can't take courageous ideas to people who have lost their courage. You can't take faith-filled ideas to people who have no faith because they'll think that they're doing you a favor by talking you out of it. They'll think that they're being responsible, they're being wise, And, and it's not that every idea should be yes, don't hear that, but we're gonna find out in a little bit that this was a God thing, but had he gone to his dad, he probably would've been talked out of it because Saul had lost courage. I also think it's interesting that it took the younger generation, it took their courage, their brazenness, their audacity, in order to do something that the older generation wasn't willing to do. And as a church, I think that's really important. We need to be listening to what younger people are saying. And I don't mean older as in y'all and I'm younger. I mean us as in older and the next generation that's coming up. You never as a church get younger on accident. You gotta be intentional about it. And it took a younger generation willing to take a chance in order for God to do something great. So let's keep going. Jonathan didn't tell his dad. Verse two, meanwhile, Saul and his 600 men were camped out on the outskirts. Go ahead and skip down to uh, the end of verse three. No one realized that Jonathan had left the Israelite camp to reach the Philistine outpost. Jonathan had to go down between two rocky cliffs that were called Bozes and Sene, I guess. We'll just go with it. Verse five, the cliff on the north was in front of Michmash and the one on the south was in front of Giba, I guess. I don't know that, I should know that, but I don't. Anyway, verse six. Let's go across to the outpost of these pagans, Jonathan said to his armor bearer. I, this ain't the point, but let me just stop for a second. I think it's so interesting that Jonathan had this idea to go, and in order to get where he was trying to go to, he had to go through rocky cliffs. Cliffs are scary. I jumped off a cliff the other day. It's pretty scary, <laughs> right? And, and literally, I jumped off a cliff. It was really scary. And, 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 there, and there are times where we think, well, if God's in it, it won't be scary. If God's in it, it won't be rocky. But in order to get where he was going, the Bible says he had to walk through these rocky cliffs. I think that's how God does it, right? And so then Jonathan said to his armor bearer, let's go across over here to these, this enemy. And this is the statement I want you to really pay attention to. He says, perhaps, everybody say perhaps. 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 The Lord will help us. Now, if I was the armor bearer, if you were the helper, if you were the assistant, wouldn't you feel so much more confident if Jonathan said, the Lord will help us? Hey, let's go over here, God's gonna help us. That's not even what he says. He's like, let's go over here, maybe this will work. And look what the armor bearer says back. Do what you think is best, he replied. I'm with you completely, whatever you decide. How many people would love to have some friends like that in life, right? Now, listen, everybody wants friends like that. I, I, but we, I want to be a friend like that. That when somebody comes to me with a dream in their heart, when somebody comes to me with a crazy idea, that yeah, I could probably think of 10 reasons why it may not work, but I also want to be the type of person that says, I am with you completely. I will go down on this ship with you. If this is what is in your heart and and you believe that this is what God is doing, I'm talking about God stuff here. If you believe this is what God is doing, maybe it'll work. I'm with you. I I, I wanna be that type of friend. And so uh, the armor armor bearer replied, I'm with you. And then verse eight, all right then, Jonathan told him, we will cross over and let them see it. So they, 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 they go, now they're coming up with the plan, okay? All right, then, Jonathan told him, we will cross over and let them see us. If they say to us, here's the plan, stay where you are or we'll kill you, then we'll stop. That's a good plan. I think that's a good plan. That's the plan. We're we're making this up as we go. But if they say, come on up and fight, then we'll go up. And that will be the Lord's sign that he will help us defeat them. So verse 11, when the Philistines saw them coming, they shouted, look, the Hebrews are crawling out of their holes. Then the men from the outpost shouted to Jonathan, come on up here and we'll teach you a lesson. Come on, climb right behind me, Jonathan said to his armor bearer, for the Lord will help us defeat them, verse 13. So they climbed up using both hands and feet. And the Philistines fell before Jonathan and his armor bearer, uh, and his armor bearer killed those who came behind them. Look at this. Verse 15, suddenly panic broke out in the army, both in the camp and the field, including even the outpost. And just then an earthquake struck. Now Jonathan was a great warrior, but he can't create an earthquake. But God can. And so he decides he's gonna go, we'll figure it out, maybe God will help us. They go through a rocky place, they go across some cliffs, they climb up on both hands and legs, they get up there And God says, well, since you're here, now something amazing is gonna happen. Now, I wanna read you just one more thing. Um, Saul, verse 16, he looks out, this is Jonathan's dad. He looks out and um, skip over to uh, verse 20. I'm sorry, verse 19. But while Saul was talking to the priest, the confusion in the Philistine camp grew louder and louder. So Saul said, now keep in mind, there's already been an earthquake. Jonathan's already gone. Jonathan and his armor bearer already killed everybody. They did it, right? I mean, there's more soldiers, but like they've already won the battle, right? So then Saul says, never mind. let's go. So you got Jonathan who's like, this may not work. I don't know, but we're gonna go. Then after the miracle has happened and after they already did all the hard work, then Saul's like, come on, everybody, let's go. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be the type of person who shows up after the battle's over. I want to have a front row seat to the miracle, to what God is doing. And so I, if I had to sum up this story, because I got other stuff I want to share, so, but if, if I just had to quickly sum up this story, I would just say it like this. When it comes to the dreams in our life, when it comes to the faith that we need, when it comes to the big things that God wants to do in our life, I think this story teaches us and I think we could attest to the fact that God usually shows up after we do. That God usually moves after we do. I'm not saying that we coerce him like he wasn't gonna do something but because we did, He does, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying God puts a dream in our heart, doesn't give us enough to really have enough of a plan, enough to be fully confident and not require faith. But if we are crazy enough and have enough faith to step out and to go on a perhaps, it's crazy how God shows up after we do. It's crazy how God begins to move after we do. If you want certainty, don't follow Jesus. Because the only thing certain in a relationship with Jesus is uncertainty. We can be certain we're forgiven, we can be certain we're going to heaven, everything else requires faith. And even that requires faith, really. And so I don't wanna be, and I don't want you to be the type of person who's always waiting to go after you're ready and after you're set. I want you to be the type of person who says, God, I'll go, then set, then ready. I wanna be a go, set, ready type of person. Now, I'm gonna talk about the church and future dreams of Hope City Church in just a second, but before I do, I wanna talk about your life, okay? You can have a big dream, a God dream. We talked about that the first week, dream bigger. Come on, dream bigger. God's plans for your life are bigger than a pool in the backyard, summer break, a margarita at El Nepal on Friday night, like dream bigger than that. That's not the, that's not the, the, the max of God's dream for your life. Dream bigger, right? So, so yeah, you can dream big. You can fight for that dream. We talked about that the second week, the struggle of a dream, it's not gonna be easy. You can fight for it. You can surround yourself with dreamers. We talked about that the third week, that your dream's connected to other people's dreams. You can do that. You can have a big dream. You can fight for it. You can surround yourself with dreamers. But none of that is going to get you to a place where you won't have to have faith. At some point, if you want to experience God's best for your life, God's dream for your life, it is going to require you to take a step of faith and act on a maybe, a maybe. Hebrews 11 one says, faith is the substance of things hoped for. That means that an element of faith is hope. I hope this works. I hope I'm not crazy, right? And so if you're waiting on God to put you in a position to where you won't have to need faith, it's never going to happen. God is going to get you to the point where you're gonna have to decide, am I willing to go on a perhaps? Am I willing to try on a perhaps? Am I willing to take a chance on a maybe? And if you'll show up, God will. If you'll move, God will but it's going to require faith. Our church is really built on perhaps. Our church is really built on a perhaps. We plan in pencil. We, We pray hard. We're willing to try whatever it takes to share more hope. And so with that in mind, for the time that I got left, I just wanna share a little bit about some of the dreams in my heart for, I mean, I, I could say the next 10 years, but we don't really exactly know what God's timetable is, but so thankful for what God has done and is doing and just trying to look forward, just a couple of dreams in my heart, and then, and then we'll pray. But you know, there's a dream in my heart to, to create a church, to have a church that my kids will want to be a part of, that their friends would want to go to, that, that, that there would be a place where my, my kids, my children, your children, would want to be a part of that church. It's a dream in my heart, but never happens on accident. It's gonna require us to be committed to that, next generation. I love seeing these baptisms today. I have a dream for a church that empowers people to use their gifts. Please don't come to church so that you can listen to one person's gift. I love that you love to hear Andrea sing or hear me preach or whatever it is, but God wants you to use your gifts. And so in my head, like I want, if God has gifted you and he has, we wanna create a type of place where you can use your gifts to do something amazing. I have a dream for a church that doesn't have to worry about money because we've been good stewards with it, but also because people are generously giving as Jesus is changing their life. I have a dream for a church that makes an impact disproportionate to our ability. Not that we would be able to stand up one day and say, well, yeah, God definitely helped us, but it was really because of A, B, C, and D. No, I want to make such an impact that when we try to tell the story, we're like, that you can't explain it. had to be God. We we can't make earthquakes. Right. Only God can can do that. And so I told you on the on the first week of the series that the last week of the series that I would share with you what my napkin looked like. Actually, I actually have two napkins. I got my family life napkin and I have my church napkin. And so I want to just share with you for the last few moments what my napkin looks like for Hope City Church and where I believe that God is taking us. Um, as we move forward. First, let me show you what my napkin used to look like. This is what my napkin used to look like. I had this idea in my head, probably from some selfish motives, I don't know exactly, but just had this idea in my head that we would just, just build a really big church, just one church, one place, and just, you know, just, build, just get everybody coming to us. And it's not that this is a bad dream, it's just that it was not the right dream for for me or or I believe for this church. Nothing wrong with big churches in singular locations. God does amazing things at those places, made impacts in my life. But it felt like the more over the last 10 years, it felt like the more that we scraped and clawed to try to realize this dream, it just didn't work. Because I believe that it, it wasn't necessarily working because it was the wrong dream for us. And what what began to happen, interestingly enough, is that through relationships and leadership and prayer is that God began to change the dream in my and our hearts. And we wouldn't even, it took us a while to realize what was happening until pieces of the puzzle started to come together. So now, let me show you what my napkin looks like now. And I wanna kind of explain what you're looking at, okay? So, if you can see that, I don't know how well you can see that, but you see uh, the four buildings with the with the crosses, those represent churches. Now, it's not that there's actually, literally gotta be four, it's just my napkin was small and it wanted to be proportionally correct, okay? So I, that, that bothers me, so I needed it to kinda line up. So don't think four, just think churches. So instead of having one place that everybody comes to, what the dream that God has began to put in our heart is that we would take the churches to where the people are. We've already began that process with our Shepherdsville campus. They uh, had their preview service last week. We launch in three, four more weeks, September the 23rd. We began to look at the zip codes in our database and realized that so many people were driving from the Bullitt County area. We said, well, there's all, Hope City Church is already there because a church is people, it's not a building. So Hope City Church is already there. So maybe we could get some, a place where they could gather together. And so we've already started the process on this dream, this, this second location. Because we believe that the church needs to have a local element to it. Nothing wrong with driving in. So many of you drive in. You are a part of us. You are our family. I love Pastor, let me just give you an example. I love Pastor Joe's heart for the south end of Louisville. And a lot of you love this church, but you don't necessarily have a heart for the south end of Louisville because you're not from the south end of Louisville. And that's okay, by the way, but you do have a heart for somewhere, but you love this church. And so we wanna put the two together and say, let's take the church that you have a heart for and let's, that you love, and let's put it in the community that you have a heart for, and let's see what God can do. And so just so you know, we're not stopping it too. We don't have, three yet, but just know that the dreams that are in our heart moving forward are how can we decentralize this thing and say, where is Hope City Church already at? Because church is people. And how can we gather them together? And so that's what those big buildings with the crosses are. And then you see coming out from those buildings, you see these little circles, these little extension circles. Well, for, for, for me, that represents groups, that represents groups. The church has to be more than than, than something that happens on a Sunday. We love Sundays. It's so fun and amazing and powerful. We're gonna continue to do that to the best of our ability. But church has to be more than that. Can't just be a Sunday. It's gotta be a place to belong. There has to be people who know your name. There has to be people who know your life. There has to be people who know your family. And the way we do that is through groups. And we've done it a lot of different ways uh, over the last decade but where we are planting our flag in the hill for this next season in the ground this next season is growth groups that are going to be actually south louisville groups are launching in two weeks shepherdsville groups will be launching in the beginning of october but just a very simple concept we're not going to force you to do anything you don't want to do we just want you to connect the people you already are connected to and figure out a time and a place to get together and and to just and to, to connect with one another and grow together and what I love about this is this gives all kinds of people an opportunity to use their gift, to, to lead people, to grow together. I love you. I love being your pastor. But as I look out at this room right now, even a room that's only got 160, 70, 80 chairs in it, I, I, I don't know most of you. As God has begun growing our church, it's, I've met you, I've shook your hand or whatever, but like, we have grown beyond the ability for a person to meet the needs of a church. But there is a way for us to get bigger and also be more connected, and that's through groups. And so you're gonna be hearing more about this in two weeks, but we're gonna challenge all of you to to be a part of a group for a semester. And one of the things that's gonna do, it's gonna do a lot of things, but one of the things that's gonna do is it's gonna allow us to care for you at a better level. Now some of you, you're like, I'm fine, I don't need to be cared for, that's great, awesome. But some of you, you're longing for someone to be a part of your life at a deeper level, for somebody to help you when you're in need, for somebody to care for you. And just so you know, we have been trying and working and getting better at caring for the people who in this church who are part of our church. And we're continuing to try to make that better. Groups is the way we're going to do that. But even beyond that, we have a prayer and care team at the church, and I wanna make sure you know about this before I tell you about the last thing. And anybody you see that's wearing one of these blue lanyards, it says prayer and care. Anybody you see that's wearing one of these, they are on our prayer and care team, which means that if you have a need in your life, they would love to hear about it. And they're either going to connect you to the person who can help you or they're gonna be the person who helps you or at a minimum, they're gonna pray with you about it, but hopefully they can do all three. And so if you see anybody with this on, they would love to pray for you and to care for you. And this ministry is gonna continue to grow and we have ways that you can help. And if you have a heart to help people, this would be a great ministry for you to be a part of and for you to be a part of at our church. So anytime you see those blue lanyards, we want you to know that. But Groups is going to allow us to care for you at a deeper level, to connect with you, and to grow together and to have some fun uh, while we're at it. But let me tell you about this last thing because I'm really excited about this. I'm excited about it all, but, I'm, but, but this is new. So you see the little squares that are, are kind of colored in? We're gonna call those expressions, and I wanna tell you about expressions today before we close. This dream that has been happening in our hearts is this idea that not only do we wanna have great church in the communities where you are, and not only out of those churches do we want to have groups that help you connect to be a part of of, of a group of people who are growing together, but what would happen if Hope City figured out a way to express itself in the community? What would happen if people who didn't even know they were coming in contact with Hope City Church came in contact with Hope City Church? I don't wanna go to your church and I'm not even sure what you're talking about, but without realizing it, they have now come in contact with us. That's expressions. It's a way that we can get into the community and into the marketplace as Hope City Church, coming in contact with people as Hope City Church, but doing it in a way that's not Church. So we've been dreaming about that. We've been praying about that. We've been looking around and going, God, why are you bringing all of these people to our church who have a gift for business, finance, entrepreneurship? God, why is it that, that you're, you seem to be putting together these piece, pieces of this puzzle? What is it that you're trying to do? And we believe that it's expressions. 73% of Jesus' ministry happened outside of the temple. Jesus is where the people were, and so that's what we wanna do. And so expressions can look a lot of different ways. They can look like places of business. I'm gonna tell you about that in a second. They can look like dream centers where uh, people can, can find the supplies that they need. We're already partnering with South Louisville Ministries. It could look like a, 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 a house or a home that's been flipped and renovated so that a, a family who's in need can have a place to get on their feet. We're praying about what this looks like and what God might do over the next decade if we begin to put resources in these expressions. But I'm really excited to announce that we have made a move on our first expression. And so the idea is that every community that we go into where we are putting a campus or a location or a church, we don't wanna just put a church in that community and say, hey everybody, we're here, come see us. We wanna say, hey everybody, we're here and we wanna serve you. And so I'm excited to announce that last Friday, we signed a lease on 2,200 square feet in Shepherdsville and downtown, I call it downtown Shepherdsville, it's like a red light, but anyway, downtown Shepherdsville, right across from the courthouse. And that place is also going to be where our Shepherdsville team is housed out of and works out of. But on the downstairs of that, we are opening our very first expression, and it's called Shiloh's Coffee house. Now, let me tell you about Shiloh's. Yeah, it's awesome. Let me tell you about Shiloh's. It is a business, it is a for profit business, but every penny of profit that comes into the coffee house is going to fund our Imagine campaign. So we're praying, God, will you help us because this represents you and your name. We want to do this with excellence, but God, we're committing that any way that you use this coffee house to make a profit, we're gonna give every penny of that profit to helping build orphanages, plant churches, and help families who are in need. I believe God will will bless this and, and use this. But our hope is that as we go into these communities and put these expressions in, that it's another touch for people who are in that community. So you're sitting at work and you got somebody's got a cup of coffee and they say, oh, I love that Shiloh's coffee. And you go, oh, my church owns and operates that thing. Your church, your church owns a coffee. Yeah, it's so cool. They're, They're taking the profits and they're giving it away. And then that same person, like two weeks later, is talking to somebody and like, oh yeah, I go to this church over here and or whatever it is. And it's touch, 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 touch. And then they reach a point in their life where they need God to do something and they're searching, but they're not really sure exactly what it is and they have been touched by Hope City Church in so many different ways. What would it look like if we said, not only are we gonna put churches, not only are we gonna have groups. So you walk into you know, wherever and you see these group of guys praying together and you're like, what's going on, right? Not only that, but what would happen if in the marketplace and in neighborhoods, people say, what's going on? And you say, oh, this is something that Hope City Church is doing. And God begins to use these places to reach people and change people's lives. So we, we have started the process on that first expression. We got a lot of work to do. We got a great building, but it needs a lot of work. And so uh, February or March of 2019 will be when that opens, and you're gonna be hearing a lot more about that, uh, but, we, but we're just getting started in that process. And every time that God allows this to work, oh, I forgot to tell you something else about this, so this, is, this goes along with our One More Matters, but one of the things that we were wrestling with is, is so many of you have made commitments and we're committed to what God's gonna do here in South Louisville and starting this campus. We thought, okay, well, we didn't really pitch this as One More Matters, but we also recognize that God's not going to wait on us for two years to be like, okay, whenever y'all are ready, then we'll do something else. And so as we begin to pray about this and figure out financially how do we do this because we wanna be good stewards of what we've got, God, being how God is, was able to, uh, someone, hearing the dream that was in our heart, gave a donation of $75,000, yeah, yeah. So we already have the money to do the renovations that we need. We already have the money to get the business up and running off the ground without it ever costing the church anything. And here's why they did it. Check this out. I love this. They did it for legacy. It was connected to uh, something in their lives. They were able to have this money. And the idea is, if this thing works, and 10 years from now or 20 years from now, we've uh, we've given a million dollars of profits to orphanages and churches. If this thing works, it will go back to somebody's legacy that says, I'm willing to give this money to see maybe, perhaps, this thing might work. And it was just another domino to fall in God beginning to open these doors. And so our dream, I've gone way over my time, but my dream is that God would help our churches to gain influence, (coughs) help our groups to form, and begin to help us to put these expressions. This is just one of many over the next decade that we're praying that God would help us do. Even people after the first servers are coming up like, oh, I got an idea for an expression. I'm like, all right, well, that's awesome. So many great ideas. Let's just pray. Let's see what God's gonna do. It's amazing. I love that. I love that. God, what are you saying? God, where are you leading us? What's the dream, God? What are you uh, leading in our hearts? So as a church, we are saying, God, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna go, set ready. And my prayer for your life and I know we're celebrating the church today, and I get all that, but my prayer for your life is that you would be go set ready. And you'd say, God, if this is where you're leading me, I'm going. We'll figure it out as we go. You'll work out the steps. You'll give me enough faith to take another step today. You'll order my steps today. You will work it out. I'm willing to go. I can't wait to see what God does in this church. I can't wait to see what God does in your life. Let's pray.